Microphone check. One, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Featuring commentary from Ryan Braun, Valerie Factor, Kevin Hetrick, John Trollick, and Colin McGowan. And we are back with uh, part two of the podcast, and um, unfortunately, guys, starting back up where we were, which is going over the players of uh, the current team and, and grading them and discussing them a little, the guy that we have to start with is Donald Sloan. Everyone's favorite Donald Sloan. Actually, I've said that like four times. No one likes Donald Sloan. Um, <laughs> I like Donald Sloan. All right, Ryan, since you, you spoke up, tell us about Donald Sloan. What do you think of his, uh, what's his ceiling? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think we're looking. The basement, that's his ceiling. <laughs> well, I think we're looking for next year. I, I mean, Grant, like next year is not the title year. We're looking for guys who could potentially become an Alonzo GS guy, guys who can fill a role. And that's why he has the best shot of sticking of any of those fringe guys that were on the team last year because – we're looking for a backup point, just a very steady backup point. And that's him. He's not looking to do anything spectacular. He's just trying not to turn the ball over. Um, he shot less with... than 10% from three, by He's the way. He's not a good shooter. He's not a good shooter at all. But um, 0.91% or point, sorry, 0. 0.091 was his shooting percentage. But, uh, so, so there's room for improvement. Three. Room for improvement. He sets the bar low, so next year he can double that. <laughs> but um, shoot twenty from three. Honestly, depending on how the draft plays out, you know, if there's a point available to us with one of our later picks, you know, maybe he gets pushed off the team. But as of right now, I think he's a relatively decent bet to be back because. Um, he doesn't need a lot of minutes. And, and, I mean, right now, we're just looking for somebody steady behind Kyrie. You know, I mean, Donald Sloan's an end-of-the-bench guy. but uh, Colin, do you think he really could be uh, our backup point guard of the future? Um, pro- probably not. Um, so that's my, that's I mean, my I, take, Ryan. No. <laughs> we, we, saw, okay. we saw a lot of him. You know, we, we really did get a good look at him because I, I was writing, I think I was writing a lot of recaps for some reason when Donald Sloan came into the team. And so I was really watching him, as I think all Cavs fans were, really trying to evaluate, could this guy play 13, 14 minutes a game just spelling Irving? Um, I, I don't see it. I'm not so sure that he's great at taking care of the ball. I, I think he, he turns it over a little bit too much and... He's not a great ball handler. He he shows flashes of of having, you know, some court vision. He's a point guard. He sees the floor okay. But um it it all comes down to if the Cavs in like it, assuming that they don't select a, a point guard in the first round. If they want to take a flyer on some backup point guard in the second round or somebody that gets cut from another team, it all comes down to what do Byron Scott and Chris Grant think of, you know, the other players that are in the pool of guys who can come into the Cavalier training camp. 
But if there's no one better, he's not a terrible backup point guard, but he's certainly not a good one. Do you, uh, what would you grade him? Um, a, a C, C minus. He, he really just, he needed to just be solid. And I, I don't, he sort of fell short of those expectations. See, I would give him even lower. I would say he was like a D plus, honestly. I mean, looking at this, he averaged almost two turnovers a game while uh, averaging a little under uh, four assists a game at 24 minutes. I mean, two turnovers for 24 minutes is bad for a point guard. I mean, what the Cavs are looking for is, like, C.J. Watson, right? Right, Like, right, C.J. Right. Watson's, like, the ideal backup point guard. Because <clears throat> he'll be never honest, be a starter. Yeah, he's not... Yeah, never be a starter, obviously. But he, um... He's efficient. I don't think Donald Sloan is that, you know? He's not, but for sure. you can do worse and you can do a lot better, you know? Yeah. All right, Ryan, what's your grade for him? I'll give him a C. I mean, I think the best thing he has going for him is he's not Lester Hudson. I mean, I mean, like he, he, he's, he's actually the same height as Lester, Lester Hudson. Just so you guys know that. I know, but I mean, he, he's not. I'm just kidding. Like particularly explosive, and and I agree. I, I think he needed to be solid, and he came up a little short of that. But um, you know, with any luck, he improves a little next year. And depending on what we're able to pick up, you know, he may, he may well be back. All right, moving on. We have uh, the, the guy who I think probably elicits the, the, the widest range of reactions, and that is Tristan Thompson. I, uh, I've been very critical of Tristan Thompson over the last couple of weeks, and I, I honestly think it's, you know, deserved. Uh, I think uh, he's terrible at finishing at the rim. Terrible. For a guy who was billed as being, you know... I don't guy, know that he's terrible, I, but I, keep going. I, far too many times you saw him go up and there was no one really above him, and he took the shot, and then from behind, someone would foul him, but he, he didn't, I mean, I rarely saw him throw that ball home. That's terrible, considering the guy is supposed to be powerful, and that's it. I mean, he doesn't have any post moves. He's not a, you know, jump shooter, or not a face-up shooter. What else does he have if he doesn't <laughs> slam it home? So, uh, I mean, I, I, was, I was disappointed, honestly, and I mean more disappointed than than I thought I would be because I my, I thought my expectations for him were in check but um he wasn't what I thought he was on offense on defense he was good you know he was exactly what we thought he was raw but great at blocking really athletic so I mean I'll let you guys grade him first Colin you want to give him a grade um B minus I I think that <clears throat> We we just don't know with Tristan, do we? I I think that this is this is not the off season where we figure out what he is, but this is the off season where he needs to start looking like a guy who would be in a six man rotation. Um, I, you know, he does some things well. He draws fouls just like he did in college. He's an excellent offensive rebounder. Excellent, um, and I really think really excellent. Yeah, really, just has a knack for it, and like, that's really what, what he's. He's one of the top offensive rebounders in the NBA, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Cavs were the Cavs were high up on the list in offensive rebounding this year. I I, I want to <laughs> say top five. I might be wrong. I'm looking it up right now. So but continue. They, it it was because of of 
Andy playing the first half of the season and Tristan kind of playing a lot of minutes in the second half. Um, and Andy's fun shooting the ball. At that, and I think that, you know, I think that'll translate to the defensive end once he stops trying to block every shot that's within eight feet of the rim. Um, he'll, he'll figure out, I need to stay in my place and stick my butt into somebody and get the rebound. Um, it, it's, you know what, he, he gave me something to build on. I know he does a couple things well. Um, he does a lot of things not very well. Um, but I think, I think we'll, he'll figure it out. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a player. And, and also I've read a lot of opinions from, um, you know, writers I respect, your, your Chad Fords and, and David Thorpe, who feel really good about him going forward and think that he will learn and, and expand on the things that he does well. So we'll, we'll see, but I, I give him a B minus. He was, he was good you know, for, for what he is, for how raw he is. So you're, you're happy. Yeah. I'm more or less happy, but okay. you know, we're going to learn a lot more in year two, three, and four than we did in year one. Ryan, are you as optimistic about, uh, Tristan? You know, truth be told, at least, um, now here's the thing. Colin hit the nail on the head. We don't know yet. I mean, there's so much ground to cover, but he certainly improved as the season went on. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when we started, I was still in Jonas Rage mode and, and like almost still looking. Still in Jonas Rage mode. <laughs> yeah, but let, let me say this. With the, with the exception of Jonas, who, you know, likewise, we don't really know yet. I said this on the last podcast and it's I'm so sure of it. There's not a guy over Tristan I would have taken in this draft, but Kyrie. Really, I think. Uh, what about um? Not, nobody. I I looked up the whole. I mean, the potential is there for him to become a very effective player. And what's encouraging is not that he's there, but that he was able to improve. Like it scared me that he wasn't able to improve his free throw shooting from Texas to the beginning of his rookie year. But over the course of the season, when Byron started benching him, amazingly enough, because I didn't think that would have much of an effect, he really improved. I mean, he picked it up from the low 40s up to 55% at the end of the year. The only um, guy, by the way, that I would switch him for potentially is Clay Thompson. And I wouldn't at all. I, I think oh, Clay no. Thompson, yeah. I, I mean, Clay Thompson kind of is what he is. I, yeah. but, I Which mean, is good. He's an NBA player. He's, right. he's a very, he's a piece. And I, I think at his best, and granted, I can't recall a guy like Tristan, uh, but at his best, Tristan Thompson is an all-star. Um, will he get there? I don't know. He has so much room to travel. But his first step um, from about 10 feet out is phenomenal. I, I love the shots he's able to get off of that. He's just not making them consistently yet. And they're not difficult shots. If he can ever add a 10-footer that he's reasonably comfortable with to couple with that like quick penetration into the middle of the lane and that short hook, he'll be an 18-point-a-game guy. And, and he's not even a guy that's going to touch the ball a lot. I, I mean, I agree with you on everything you said. The, the thing that worries me, though, is there's a lot of like if. There's a lot of if. if. I, I mean, there's if. more road to travel than any like quote-unquote 
I mean, I don't even want to call him an all-star caliber guy because, that, I mean, he's just so far away from that. But he, they drafted him because he was uber-athletic and he was a worker. Um, not a lot of those guys. Uh, well, I mean, sorry. let's see what we can – let's see what he can do with a full offseason worth of work and, and some more minutes next year. Well, be, because his comparison is Tyrus Thomas, but Tyrus Thomas did never work hard. Right, and, right. and that's what worries. Okay, and so here's Tyrus the thing. Thomas isn't as well built as Tristan is. I would say Tyrus Thomas is isn't he bigger and a little he's, bit stronger? He's skinny. No, he's, he's skinny. He's not built about the same. Tristan's a little bigger. I, I thought yeah. Ty, Tyrus Thomas is a little taller though. But the, I mean, for battling in the post, I like Tristan's build. If there's one thing he proved, it's he can affect games with strength and athleticism. Right. I, I, that Oklahoma City game we won at Oklahoma City. I mean, Kyrie was spectacular at the end, and Tristan's stats were kind of meager, but I thought he had a huge impact on that game in an Andy-like way. Um, well, so here's, here's my thing with him, and I agree with you guys that like the, the potential, the ceiling is really high for Tristan Thompson. My problem is potential scares me. If you're a guy with nothing but potential, I mean, raw potential guys are scary because but, it could go so, so dramatically either way. But usually when we're talking about potential, we're talking about JaVale McGee or right. somebody like that. Who's a knucklehead. Yeah. Right. I can't really think of a good comparison for Tristan because a big chunk of the reason we drafted him or so the impression I get is that, that he's a really tough kid who wants to be good. It's, it's so hard to tell. I mean, we haven't seen him in a training camp. Camp, sorry, that was weird. Um, but, but yeah, training comp. Call. But but I will say the one thing we did see, he was markedly better by the end of the season. I don't know. I have very mixed feelings about that. But I, I you know, and I'm playing devil's advocate. I do like him a lot. I, mm. I I agree. The only like I said, I mean, I would take like maybe Kiwa Leonard too, and and Thompson. But that's only because those guys fill the position that we like badly need. And we'll get a better player than. Um, than those guys if we, you know, don't end up with Anthony Davis. Right, Harrison right, right. Barnes I like better than Kawhi Leonard. And, and you know, we'll get – he's the worst case scenario at five. Right. At, right. at six, I'm not too crazy. Although Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard has actually had a pretty good year. I mean, granted, he's in the best system in oh, the NBA. So. I love him. I think he's a very solid player. But, I, I mean, again, like I'd take Tristan over him and I'd take Harrison Barnes over him too. Well, one, one thing I, I would note that – I think it's pretty good perspective is everyone has freaked out about how much they love Kenneth Freed. Yeah. I was going to say Kenneth, yeah. Freed, too, Kenneth Freed is 22, right? 23, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think he's, 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 he's older. Um, I think, you know, and everyone lo- loves him. Um, and rightfully so he's fun. He's great. Yeah. We already have Kenneth Freed and Anderson Verajal though. Well, I think what the point Colin's going to make is we already have him and Tristan. Yeah, Tristan's like ninety percent of the way there, and he's much younger. Yeah, so Kenneth Freed's a year older. His birthday is November eighty nine, and I think uh, Tristan's is Tristan's ninety one or ninety. No, is he ninety one? He's March thirteenth, ninety one. Okay, so he's like a, a year and a half, a year and two months older. No, so, he can't be. He can't be. Oh, ninety one. Yeah. Okay. Never yeah. mind. I thought eighty nine. I was like, he's not older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I mean, I agree with you guys, with pretty much everything you've said. 
like I said, I, judging him based on just this year, the things that I saw weren't amazing. That being mm-hmm. said, he hasn't had a full like off season to train with the team. I think he'll get coached really well. This is a three to four year project. Right, right. But I mean, oh, yeah. we, we haven't even seen him have one year yet. So I right. think it, let's give him an off season to let's see how he runs the pick and roll. We don't know that. Right, yet. right. Once that could he, be devastating. You know. Yeah, real. And as long as he runs the pick and roll and he hits the gym like crazy and really gets, he strong. needs to gain about ten fifteen. Yeah, pounds. he needs he needs to gain ten fifteen pounds of upper body strength. His arms need to get stronger. With any luck, he'll gain two inches in the next year or so. <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll get the, the Paul George growth spurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be he'll be. In fact, I complain that he and Jonas have similar games, but Jonas is taller. Maybe he he'll be taller than Jonas after the season. <laughs> no joke, guys. In the last year and i'm 24 years old i have grown two inches so anything's possible and i don't want to freak anybody out but most europeans shrink by their mid-20s <laughs> <laughs> they, they shrink at least three feet so jonas fa- basically projects to be a small forward in this league exactly yeah <laughs> no but seriously I've, I've grown two inches so it's possible you know i was below six foot Literally a year ago, Dirk, Dirk was actually seven five when he came to the league. <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not, Yao Ming was four feet tall when he joined the NBA. So, <laughs> and uh, it's crazy things going on overseas. All right, um, so I mean, give us. Let's just really quickly, everyone, go through their grade. Colin, you said a B minus. Ryan, what do you give him? I'll give him a B. I, I mean, very solid. I'll give him a, a B minus, C plus. You know, I mean, for the year, I think his potential is an A. I think this year was what it was. All right, um, next guy is uh, someone that we all missed, Anderson Verjao. Uh I mean, obviously, we all feel like he's a, a big piece, but do you, do you guys think we could ever get rid of him? Yes. I, I mean, the, I, obviously, I wrote about this, but the, the answer is yes. If the right offer comes, you say yes, because he's... <laughs> does he turn 30 in the offseason? I think he's 29 in the offseason. He's, he's 29 in the offseason. He... The one thing is, is that when Kyrie... No, he's 30 in the offseason. He's 30, he's 30 in the offseason. He's, and don't get me wrong, he's going to be a good player for another three or four years, I think. Um, he's kind of going to be more or less what he is right now. Um, but when Kyrie is 25, he's not on this team. Um, and so I, I think if you can flip him for the right, the right draft pick or the right young talent... Um, on a contender that that wants to take him, you you do it. You you don't hesitate to do it. Um, but I, you know, that said, I love having him on the team. Obviously, he's he's terrific. He's one of the most beloved Cavaliers ever. So I'd be I, happy if he stays as well. The, the thing that I noticed really when watching him this season, because there was a better cast around him than last year, and I mean, obviously, this was the case in the past, but maybe it had faded from my memory or something. Uh, was how quickly and easily he got into other players' heads. Kevin Garnett was like, like the the angriest I think I've ever seen him. Garnett can't him. deal with Andy. He hates Anderson Verjao with a fire because he does. Anderson Verjao does everything that Garnett doesn't do. I mean, Garnett's a hard worker, but I don't see Garnett like running through, just like swatting his hands in the air. Garnett's like prettier when he plays, you know. And, you know, oh, and, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I, I mean, Kevin Garnett's Kevin Garnett, right. but um, it's not to yeah. discount his ability. Let's he's not besmirch the career of Kevin Garnett. Yeah, I, he's obviously a much better player. That being said, Anderson Verjao 
seems to get into his head. And I mean, when you can get into Kevin Garnett's head and really make him lose it, that's a pretty good sign to me, at least if you're Andy kills the Celtics. I mean, Andy kills a lot of people, but I remain convinced even um, a couple of years ago with LeBron's like mysterious elbow flare up, we would have won that series if Andy was healthy. Yeah. I mean, he, he they, they've never been able to deal with him. I, I definitely, I agree with you completely. Um, all right. So grades, I, I'll give him, you know, I mean, I know he was out this year. I'll give him uh, a B because when he was in, he was great. I, I give him an A plus because he had the best season of his career, legitimate all-star caliber he season. Should, he should have been in the all-star game. He absolutely right. should have been. But well, not only did he do that. Forwards, you know. Sorry? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of great forwards out there. Uh, there mean, are, but no one was rebounding as uh, well on offense and, he was just very efficient. I don't know what his efficiency was. Let me look this up. But, I mean, he was he was really – I mean, even Bill Simmons, who has no reason to watch the Cleveland Cavaliers, was lobbying for Andy to make it. So, I mean, Andy's efficiency was 19. That's incredible for a guy who doesn't really have anything on offense. And he's not a stats-oriented guy either. At all. So, um, I mean, that's amazing. I didn't even realize it was that. I was thinking, like, 17, but... He, he was perfect this year. I mean, he played spectacularly, and he got hurt just in time <laughs> to let us get the pick. Yeah, just some clutch injury right there. Know, like, he also shot guys really quickly. Uh, over 50% from the floor. Was averaging uh, four and a half offensive rebounds and seven defensive rebounds, so 11 and a half rebounds a game. Um, a steal, steal, and, steal a and a half a game, and almost a block a game. I mean, that's incredible. He he had a hell of a season. I, I mean, and I, I'm I'm with Colin now. I, I would love. He's Andy. It, it's hard to say that, but I was also going over scenarios in my head this week. If we get Anthony Davis, there's nobody there who would do it. I think, but is Andy worth Harrison Barnes or something like that? And maybe the answer is yes. I don't. Not, not in the immediate, but um. I don't think that offer presents itself, but um, like I've always said, I think Anderson Verjao is the perfect example of a guy who's worth way more to us than he is to them. Well, no he'd be worth a lot to some other people, but they just—it's not the teams that. Yeah, I mean, he'd be worth a lot to like the Lakers. Well, maybe not the Lakers. Uh, I don't know, like Miami. He'd be worth a ton to Miami. We can't let that happen. Uh, He's—he is exactly the guy that Miami wishes they had, because he's a hard worker and he'll do the dirty plays. He doesn't need the ball in his hands at all. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's my take. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, let me see. Who are we up to? Now? Um, we gotta be getting there. We're on the last guy. Uh, we are on the one, the only Luke Walton. <laughs> now my feelings about Luke, Luke Walton. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really watch these last couple of games that closely because, I mean, Luke Walton is not part of our future at all. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I'll let you guys talk about him, Colin. What's your take on Walton? Um, I, yeah, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, he's. I don't think I have an opinion, like, at he all. Doesn't, which he is doesn't weird. seem like a cat. Yeah, the moment that you solicit my opinion, I go, I, my mind just goes blank. Right. And I start I, I, he, seems, he seemed to have liked playing for the Cavs. I'm sure he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I think he really enjoyed being a Laker in Los Angeles. Is but there really a better him. thing than that? 
<laughs> they absolutely hated him. Yeah, but no, but I mean, but just being, you know, out on the town and whatnot in L.A. and just being like, well, I'm a Laker, uh, you know, and he's a good looking dude. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, what's his six or seven million next year? And he's an expiring so. contract. So you think uh, we'll try to flip him? I mean, I know expirings aren't worth anything anymore. It seems like they're not worth much to the NBA. Well, you know, well, it, like if if you can pawn off his contract in some way that gets you a late first round pick or something, you know, that's that's great. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, as a player, the big thing is I didn't have a lot of thoughts of him when the Cavs acquired him because he didn't play um, for like two or three years, basically, like just yeah. never played for the Lakers. He played nine he made, games this season for the Lakers at seven minutes a game. So, yeah, and he—I mean—he can knock down an open jumper, and that's kind of about it, right? Um, uh, yeah, his shooting percentage for us was thirty-five. Although he was hitting forty-three oh, really? from for, forty-three from downtown. So, oh, that's not okay. too yeah, I was going to say the corner three he can actually hit, um, but he, he can't do anything else. He's not athletic enough to guard other small forwards, um, and he's not tall enough to play power forward. So, you know. Luke Walton is, is a contract. He's kind of a dead body under the end of the bench, but that's that's fine. You know, I, I don't mind that at all. Ryan, what would you give him as a grade? Um, I, he never seemed like a Cav to me. I mean, he was just there. He was in the uniform at the end of the season. But I mean, I'll give him a C. I mean, he he was exactly what I would think of Luke Walton. You know, coming <laughs> off an injury to, uh, he's he's a pretty good passer. He, he's you know he's. Bill Walden's son. All right, so, uh, and, and Colin, what would you give him? Uh, a D plus, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I, I give him a... He's eh. Bill Walden's son. That's a very good point. I love me <laughs> All right, so let's go down the list really quickly. Omri Caspi, are we keeping him or is he going? Keep. Keep. Semi Erden, keep or going? Keep. Keep. Uh, Alonzo G, keep, I'm assuming. Keep. Danny, uh, Dan Gibson, Ubi. Keep. Keep. All right. So right now that's f- uh, four guys. We're keeping all of them. Herringotti. It's irrelevant, but I would say keep. Yeah, oh. I, I don't care. <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave him off. Manny Harris. He's gone. He's yeah, gone. I agree. Gone. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie, I say we got to get rid of him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, obviously we're keeping Kyrie. Jameson's gone. Uh, DJ Kennedy. No one has an opinion on him. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a training camp guy. You know, if he yeah. impresses someone in training camp, then I'll believe Byron Scott that he might be an NBA player. Right. So AP gone. He's gonna retire. Yeah, uh, Samardo. I think he's back. I keep him. Yeah, depending on the draft. You know, if the Cavs end up taking a lot of big men or something, he's gone. But otherwise, he's gonna stay. Sloan. I I bet he's back. Although I I. We'll accept your opinions to the contrary. Yeah, I would say get rid of him. That's my personal take. I'd, I'd put him through the grinder of training camp and see if he makes the team. Uh, Tristan Thompson we're obviously going to keep, as with Anderson Vergeau and Luke Walton. I, I honestly think we'll probably end up buying Luke Walton out. I wouldn't I mind keep keeping him keep around him. to match a big contract, should we need to. Yeah, they'll just keep him because he's, he's flexibility and traits. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess he can fill the need of like a forward i don't know so that actually means that we're only really getting rid of like three or four guys with uh two flex players let's say so we'll have about 
<coughs> five bodies to fill. Yeah, and the massive overhaul will come the year after because most of the guys we just named are not long-term players. I, I agree we're with just, you. We're just filling space. Yeah, they'll they'll look at the roster and say, okay, we don't need Booby Gibson. We're not resigning him. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Okay, so here's the big <clears throat> question, um, you know, leads perfectly into what do we do next or this offseason in terms of upgrading our team beyond the draft? Do you see us playing the free agency market? Do you see us making any big trades? The one that the trade that really uh, has been going through my head, I mean, I live in New York City, like I said. I've been watching all the Knick games. Um, I mean, I like the Knicks. Why not take uh, Antoine or Antoine I'm Amari Stoudemire off the Knicks' hands? You want you want me to give you a reason to the contrary before you give a reason for? Sure. Okay. Um, I understand why you would do it. Certainly, great pick and roll guy to work with Kyrie. Um, there's more there than is evident at the moment because he's just not a good fit with Tyson Chandler and Carmelo. But for the same reason we're letting Antoine walk, I think Amari is just a better version of Antoine. He's not a guy that's going to be here when the team gets really good, nor is he a guy that's going to make it really good just by being here. So ultimately, I think the question is why? You know, all he's doing is costing you potentially a better draft pick or costing you Tristan Thompson growing into that role at the four. That's interesting. And he's That's, Matt, he eats cap. Right? Yeah. He's got that oh, Matt's for, contract. He does. Yeah. He's, he's what, uh, after this season, is it three more years or four? I believe so. I think it's three more. Three more years of a guy who really <laughs> looks like he's a bad injury away from just not playing anymore. I don't, yeah. See, I, I think, I mean, I understand that he's uninsurable because he has bad knees, but I, I don't, I, I think that the reason he looks so bad right now is because he's playing in an on a team that he shouldn't be on. Oh, I certainly. Think, no, no, no. The Carmelo dynamic screwed that team up. Oh, so badly. And I mean, I watched the Knicks, like I said, I live in New York City, and I think that Melo trade was one of the most idiotic things. I, I mean, they got rid of Gallinari, who's one of my favorite players in the NBA. Um, they got rid of uh, uh, Wilson Chandler, who everyone who reads the blog knows. I love Wilson Chandler. I think he's like the exact guy that the Cavs should be targeting. He's um, just, he's better Alonzo G. That's yeah, he, he's he's a better Alonzo <clears throat> G, and he has a like room to grow still, like a lot of room to grow. So I mean, he could end up being like a, I mean, I don't want to say like a Rudy Gay, but he could be a pretty efficient scorer who plays great defense. He could be like a um, uh, Artest. Yeah, I mean, he could be like an Artest. Really, he could. I mean, he'll be a more mild mannered. But yeah, exactly. I think that's Wilson Chandler's ce- ce- uh, ceiling is Artest. It's perfectly. I mean, he's just about as big, smarter than Artest, really. So, I don't think he's quite the defender Artest was in his prime. But, but I, he's, he's still, I mean, he's only like 25 years old. He could become a really good defender. I, don't, I mean, offensively, I don't think he's, he'd, he'd ever be Artest. Artest right. was a really good scorer back he then. Was. He was, a, and he was a great three-point shooter, wasn't he? Didn't he hit threes? Yeah. Like, yeah, he still thinks he is, which is the other. <laughs> I know, it's a joke. But anyway... Um, so, I mean, I, I think that, like, when Amari was playing with those guys who were, like, a lot less selfish, and that system worked well with D'Antoni, he, I mean, you saw last year, he was a great player. Oh, he was, he was great, better than I thought he was, but he is on a clock. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, here's the thing, though. If there's no one out there that we can use our cap space on that's worth it, 
why not use it on someone that we know is at least like, Here, good? Here's my, my counterpoint to that. And this, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I totally get the – because like the best case scenario is actually like pretty terrific. Yeah, um, exactly. Don't think, I don't think the odds of the best case scenario are that great. Okay, and, um, I, and, I, and I understand that, really. But, but here's, here's my thing. This isn't the year. Um, this upcoming season right. um, is not the year when the Cavs – because otherwise, you know, they'd be blowing money on people like Chris Kamen. You know, they, they don't yeah. pay Chris Kamen or something. You know, like yeah. that, those are the moves that contenders make. Um, right. And I agree with you about that. Obviously, I don't. I don't think we're going to win the NBA championship next year. So. Right, right. This is the year to make a run at a playoff spot. I think. And if injuries happen, that's not the end of the world. And you take your number nine pick in the draft. You right. know, um, and Amari would be like, okay, it's now because he he's, he's a ticking time bomb. Yeah, and, and and he's not super young either. I mean, I think he's going to be thirty soon. Yeah, he's thirty at the in November. So yeah, I it's like what what is the 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 point of that? It would be a fun team to watch. Which, <laughs> right. Frankly, I would really appreciate it if next year's team was fun to watch, even if they weren't that good. I mean, that's honestly um, that's that's one of one of the reasons why personally because I would. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch Amari? You know. Rolling to the basket off of a pass from Kyrie, that and I and I feel bad for him because he's a he's a great player and a good guy, who, yeah, and a good dude. But he's a great player who just he got screwed with that yeah. that whole Knicks deal. He thought that Carmelo coming there would work out, and it just hasn't. And then they signed Tyson, who I I love Tyson Chandler. Yeah, Tyson Chandler, I, Tyson is, Chandler is one of my favorite players work, in the NBA. He doesn't work next to Amari. Well, He's just not. He th- limits three Amari. big bodies. You can't have three big bodies on the the court together. It just doesn't work. I just I just wish he could go elsewhere. Um, and I'd love to see him play elsewhere. But um, I prefer that place not to be Cleveland. Okay. I mean, I under I, honestly, you know, I'm I'm pitching it out there because I think it'd be fun. I don't think it's gonna. It's happen. an interesting proposal. Right. Right. It's of all the potential trades that I've thought of, it's the one that honestly makes the most sense to me in that he would fit in the team really nicely. But that being said, I'd, I don't think he's coming. Yeah, I'd do it if they had a high draft pick. Yeah, and, but, but the thing is that the Knicks would want something in return because he is like a star player. Honestly, I, I think they'd rather get him off the books. Oh, yeah. I, I think they just want him off their, their cap. Yeah. yeah. I guess, yes, the thing about him is it's kind of a high-risk, high-reward scenario. Because I, I remember I, I was uh, I was like drunk a couple days ago after after the first Knicks loss. And uh, <laughs> me too. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, no, no. But like it was like, wait, did they did they use their amnesty yet? Because I'm pretty sure the Samari amnesty is coming. And it was like, oh, right. Chauncey Billups. Like I yeah. looked it up and I was like, that was so dumb. <laughs> that, that is one of the all time dumbest moves I've ever seen. I mean. Because man, if they could amnesty Amari, they just would. I I just think that they would. It's the smart. De- it's the smart thing to do. And the Cavs could offer sort of that amnesty almost. But you know. I think I thought of a way to save them right in the midst of the Lynn hysteria, and I had nobody to pitch this to. But tell me, this isn't like a great deal for both parties. Wouldn't it be I fun they- if we called that Lynn hysteria? By the way, yeah, <laughs> Lynn hysteria. it was just Lynn hysteria, and no one connected the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, but um, 
if they'd swap Lynn and Carmelo for Rondo and Paul Pierce. <laughs> but you you each get a young guy and an old guy. They, Boston gets somebody Boston would to build around. That. They would never do You think that. it's Boston that wouldn't do that? Absolutely, no question. They were trying to blow the whole thing up this year. Yeah, but yeah, I think Boston does that in a heartbeat, to be honest. Seriously? Yeah. Lynn's yeah. ceiling is so low. And I think New York's a much better team with that done as well. I, I Honestly, I think you guys are under... I, I, I like know for fact, based on everything I read, that Rondo was untouchable unless they were getting a star. A young well, I, star. That's, I don't Carmelo's, think Carmelo's a star in the right context, though. I think he's better in Boston than he is in New York. I don't think so. He's Paul Pierce, kind of, except younger and um, a little more offensively talented. I just, I can't see that. I mean, he's a black they, hole. He's the black hole. New Yorkers, honestly, I mean, I've been to a lot of bars the last couple of days. I've been, you know, watching these games. They really don't like Carmelo Anthony. Oh, I know. Like, and I don't He's think- also a prickly guy. That's part of it. Yeah, I, but I mean, it. New Yorkers are, I mean, we're like legendarily finicky and all that. Um. But we're pretty accepting of good talent. I mean, for God's sakes, we love Stefan Marbury. All I remember about like high school and middle school and 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 the Knicks was Stefan Marbury. Yeah, but but that's New York. New York wants a like a New York born and bred superstar. They've been clamoring for that for fifteen years. Yeah. You know, yeah, they got they, that they in Mellow, and they still don't like him. They they talked themselves into Sebastian Telfair long after it was apparent that Sebastian Telfair wasn't good. Oh man, it's just, uh, it's funny not being a Nick fan and being around a lot of Nick fans. Cause I mean, you know, like I still root for them, but, uh, it's so clear that like Nick fans are delusional. Well, Donnie Walsh was doing it right. James Dolan stepped in and made that whole Carmelo thing happen and just blew the whole thing oh, up. So stupid. The, the thing that just like makes me laugh is they actually had a really good team before that trade. And an improving team with, with some flexibility to make like, legit moves for the future um did, did they have the was the the big thing that i didn't understand was why was the trade made i thought they had the space they did the trade they was made did, because they still traded because how good would this team be if they still had all the pieces and then they, they said Carmelo wanted he wanted to be he wanted to go to new york but he also wanted to be dealt so he could get the yeah, full max contract yeah exactly and the knicks were stupid and oh, gave it all right. up Right, the sign and trade. Yeah, it was yeah. The, the extended trade, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was so. They would have they would have everybody on that team except for Tyson, which is and a, I think it would be a pretty damn good team. You you'd be playing uh, Amari at the center position. You could play um, uh, Mello at the power forward. You'd have Danilo Gallinari playing small forward and Wilson Chandler playing shooting guard, and then Raymond Felton would be your starting point guard. And maybe if, Raymond Felton kind of, you know, lays off the pork fat in the office <laughs> and, and shows up motivated. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, really, that, that's... Because good, good Raymond Felton is a good starting point guard. Yeah, yeah. Was, and especially under the D'Antoni system, let's not forget, if that had been the situation, I think D'Antoni would have stuck around. Just interesting, I don't know. I mean, anyway. we don't have to go over the Knicks. All, all of our listeners are probably bored out of their mind. So we had one question. We're trying to put the Knicks blog out of business right now. Yeah, guys. <laughs> I mean, I just, it, to me, that's the series that has been most interesting. Um, because, you know, as a Cavs fan, we have invested interest in the the Heat losing. And as a, a New Yorker, I would like to see the Knicks win a championship. But um, I don't think that's happening. What were you going to say? No, I... 
I mean, you're right. I, I just, I like to try to be above the LeBron spite, but it's not like I can bring myself to root for the Heat. So. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I would rather anyone else. I, and I, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, like, I remember I, I wrote that column last year, and I, and I completely stand by it, of like, hey, guys, um, can you just stop being jerks to LeBron because it just sounds petty and stupid? But at the same time, I'm not going to act like I wasn't rooting for Dallas. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, so, and then on top of that, LeBron has been infuriating the last couple of games because he has whined more yeah, than the refs. The flopping and the it's, neck snapping. Oh, it's just like, and here's the thing about LeBron. I, I don't like him because of what he did to Cleveland, but I hate him for the way he's been playing the last couple of games. Because he's, <laughs> he's a great scorer and he's amazing and everything. But when you flop on every play and you're that big, it just makes me want to like punch the TV or something. Let me say this too. Um, I, I mean, th- I, I've come to peace with this. I wish nothing ill upon him as a person. I, I mean, I hope he lives absolutely. a very happy life. Yeah, um, I hope he never wins a title for two reasons. One is the Cleveland thing, but the second, I think he's a much more interesting like piece of NBA history that way. In the, he's the, so that weird. He doesn't is. win a title. I know, it's and so I love weird. that. I, I don't think he'll never win a title. Like, I mean, it's looking really tough that they're not going to win this year. But yeah. um, for somebody that talented who at times dominates a game, like literally, and I, at least I lived through the Jordan era, he, he's dominated games in a way I've never seen before. Absolutely. No, and he's and so he's, big, so strong, and he's, so fast. He's coughed up two times where he had the best team. In the last year in Cleveland and last year, I believe he had the best team. And can they I, didn't win because of him. Can I actually, can I bring this up? Because sure. I, I was, uh, like, in the midst, there was a bunch of sort of Le, a wave of LeBron hate that I guess, I guess it's always happening, but um, I felt it really, like, acutely about a week and a half ago. And, and, and I feel like even Clevelanders go sort of revisionist history on this route. He was, re- like, better than you could possibly ask for in that Orlando series. Oh my God, was he? I, that was he as good was as I've ever seen anybody so, play. He had, he had two bad games, and one of those games the Cavs actually won. Um, but he consi- he averaged, I think for the series, it was something like 38 points, 8 yeah. rebounds, and 8 assists. Yeah, it was, it was like, insanity. It was like, and, and like efficient, too. Like, you know, on like 48% shooting or something. And we'll never see that again from him, though. He was also as clutch as he's ever been in his entire – and not just that three. I mean he made two free throws to tie it in – I think it was game four. It was only like Rashard Lewis in like a steroid-induced stupor that won them that series. Like, I mean I've never seen Rashard Lewis shoot that well before or since. Yeah, I just I, – I think that the, there's certainly – there's enough now for a narrative to develop that he's – he chokes – because he, I would argue that he checked out of the Boston series because that was not even that wasn't choking. That was just weird. I didn't yeah, understand it, was, it. I still don't. And and but then in the finals, I was shocked that he came up that small. And obviously, that's been discussed. And but it was just it was again weird. But it it wasn't weird in the I want to leave my team way. So I I don't know what happened there. Um, but. Now there's sort of this narrative around, okay, LeBron, he does need to come through in these playoffs to to prove himself. But he, for three playoff runs in a row, 
when the Cavs, he took that terrible Cavs team to the finals against the Spurs. Yep. Um, and against Boston, everyone forgets, what was it? it? Was it a game six or a game seven? I think it was a game seven in Boston, right? The year he 2007? Or two- out, outperformed Paul Pierce, but his team lost. And Pierce, yeah. was, everyone was like, Pierce was so amazing. I was like, well, LeBron was actually even better. He just, his team lost. Yeah. Wasn't that the uh, series with the 25 points straight? No, that was the year before. That, no, was, that, against that was Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, that's that, Detroit. Okay, yeah, but yeah. This is the 48 special. Yeah. This is the weird thing. And I love analyzing his career in this regard. I agree. Like, I, I always defended him against the he's a poor closer thing. He was, even then, by far the best player in the league and even better in the playoffs. That, that was a... Up. And this is the only thing I can point to that's weird. And I don't know if it's something that developed, and I don't think it's something that'll stay with him the rest of his career. When he started having those, like, totally inexplicable series, they were the series, the tough series, when he wasn't the underdog. Mm. Last year? No, no, like, look back when he was dominating, like that Orlando series, which it quickly became apparent they had more than we did, or the Detroit series where he just went out of his mind. Each of those ones, he was the young gun against the overmatched, like, big veteran team. That's the only thing I've been able to come up with in analyzing this. And he was spectacular in each of those series that we had no shot to win. And we almost won. The big thing was... um they were the big like Miami was the big bad wolf against right. Chicago last series, and he was incredible. Well, that's you that know, like counters my point a little. Yeah, but yeah, he was he was phenomenal in that Chicago series. The only thing I can think of is that people still I, like the Bulls a lot in that series. Don't forget, it wasn't like uh, in the finals they they really were favored by a lot. No one no one gave Dallas a chance. But I, I and I'd hold firm. Miami was the better team. They could have easily won that. In right, four. exactly. And and that's the thing against Chicago. It was like, well, Chicago's really good. You know, no one's certain that Miami's going to do it. Yeah, Miami was still a favorite, though. I mean, they but I, they weren't a heavy I, favorite. You you didn't look at that series and you weren't like, you know, oh, this it is became a apparent. It, it also, became apparent quickly that. LeBron could hold Derrick Rose to a level right. that no and other he, ball could he overcome. Made it, he made it apparent to the point that I keep thinking until Chicago adds, like, the shooting guard position. Like, yeah. Rick yeah. Allen washed up, apparently. Yeah. Um, until they fix that and add another piece, I don't think they can beat Miami. I think that they're destined to lose for the next three or four years in the Eastern Conference Finals to Miami. I think they needed Dwight Howard or Gasol to counteract that. I think they needed that type of offensive presence. I agree with you. I mean, the only guy that really is an amazing guy on offense is uh, Rose. I mean, Dang is okay. Dang's pretty great, actually. He's better than you think of. I mean, not Gibson. uh, Well, Gibson's okay, but um, uh, Boozer is like... Boozer's a disaster, and they should amnesty him. Right. That's my that's my stance. Is even if they can't get a player of his caliber to replace him, I mean he's he's still serviceable. He's Drew Gooden to Taj Gibson's Varejao. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, guys, we got to move on because too rough. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Uh, I want to do some questions. Um, Ryan Young had asked us uh, to discuss the free agency a little bit, uh, and he gave us a couple players to look at and sort of talk about: Lou Williams, Brandon Rush. 
Nick Batum, Roy Hibbert, and Omer Omer Asi. Yeah, I can never pronounce that guy's name. Uh, Curiosity peaked by any of them? All of them. Brandon Rush in particular to me. Brandon Rush. Yeah. I I think, depending on how the Cavs draft, obviously. Um, The big thing, I I actually, I I made a list of of free agents that I like, um, and I won't run through the whole list. But the problem is that a lot of these guys, including Brandon Rush, are restricted free agents, which worries me. Because restricted free agents means you have to overpay for them, which do you really want to overpay for Brandon Rush? I mean, like I like him for the bench, but, you know. Batum is the one guy that that I could see us overpaying for, but I don't think they're going to let him go away very much. I I don't even know that Batum's a starter for us. I I mean, like, he's he's a little bit more versatile version of Alonzo G. Yeah. I say, Hibbert, no way we get him. No, no. way. None. Uh, Ashik, I could see, but... That's I, interesting. I mean, he's semi-Uridan at his best. Um, and I can't see Lou Williams at all. I mean, why would we ever sign Lou Williams? Lou it's, Williams is just very... Like, he's a less point-guardy version of Ramon Sessions. Right, exactly. He's, he's like a worse version of... He's a better shooter, but not that much better. So I don't see that happening. Ryan Anderson... Uh, maybe Budinger, he said, but I can't. Again, I think Spencer Hawes is unrestricted. Yeah. Spencer Hawes is the the one guy that I've kind of circled and say, like, why not offer him eight or nine million a year? I think oh, that's a bit that much. much. Oh, not that much. Yeah. Really? But I think that's what it's going to take to get him. Only because I don't think he's physical enough to, like, really hold down the post. I, I don't think team. you can get him for less than... than uh, then I, then seven, I wouldn't get him. Seven million a year. Because, I, I mean... Philly's gonna want to keep him. He's a center. He's a legit center in the NBA. Yeah, they have they have uh, the name I can't. Voicevich. Yeah, Voicevich or whatever. But he is hasn't it, been getting playing check, time. Is it a Czech C? I don't. Is it? A, <laughs> I think it's a Serbian C. So it's like. Is it a well Slavic? You know. Yeah, Slavic. Um, but that means I, he's shrinking. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a shrinker. Um, yeah. But That's what no, she said. I mean Hawes. He first of all he has he has trouble staying healthy, which always worries you with yeah, with, yeah. Got, with young big guys because you're just like oh he's gonna have that problem forever. Um, but no, I, I, Spencer Hawes is he's a backup really. I see. I don't think I think he's gonna get overpaid. I'm almost certain he's gonna get. Yeah, overpaid. I wouldn't be shocked if someone threw some stupid money at him. Which is why we should go after uh, Odin because I don't mind paying him. Seven or eight million dollars a year for two years. I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on that, but we're coming into the Amari territory again. Where what are we looking for here? I, I he's think young. Ideal, he could grow. Right, and then for that reason, I don't mind taking a flyer on him. But just in general, what caliber of guy are we looking for? And and I think it's. I mean, I could see them jumping the gun, getting a good draft pick, and then going after. OJ Mayo came in or throwing some I have a zero lot of money at OJ Mayo. O- OJ but, Mayo to me is a stay away. But, I love I love OJ Mayo, but definitely not for the money that someone's going to offer him. He, he he screams uh what's his name? Uh the the guy that we got in 2005 or whatever. Larry Hughes. Yeah, he screams Larry Hughes at me. He's better than Larry Hughes. He's better than Larry Hughes. He's yeah. tougher. It just it's, it just screams that same situation where we'd have an overpaid guy who's not delivering at the level that we want him to and it just and, for Stay that away. reason, I, I don't think this is the year to use that money. 
But I mean, if they did it, these are the guys. Like, if you get Anthony Davis, do you throw eighty million at Eric Gordon? I, I think the no. answer is no. Eric Gordon's not leaving, though. Oh, here's yeah. First of all, Eric Gordon's not leaving unless he's going to Indiana. Um, yeah, he's not. And leaving. second of all, don't get me wrong. Eric Gordon, if he's healthy, is an all-star guard. Right. Um, but if he's healthy, is such a gigantic question to pay him as much money. You know what I mean? Like you have to throw something close to the max at him, don't there, you? I don't he's think, he's getting the max. There's no I don't question. think you I don't think he's worth the max. I just think that's what it would take to get I mean, him out of there. Rudy, and I don't think Rudy we should Gay do got it. a max and I would say he's at the same level of Rudy Gay. I think yeah, we're entering that a new what teams are bidding and what off season. I yeah. just, I'm telling you he's getting the max. Mark my words. Well, I booking. think we're entering a new era in the league where people are becoming more aware that you can't give Carmelo the max and still compete. Because but LeBron it, and Carmelo can't occupy the same spot of your salary structure. What what you what Carmelo lacks compared to LeBron, you is, need to make up for on the rest of your team. It doesn't matter yeah. though, because Eric Gordon is a talent that is so high that there's some bad team that has money that I mean, you're telling me the Bobcats wouldn't throw the max at him? Maybe, but, but they'd be making a horrible mistake. Yeah, it's it's about how smart the league is. And, and the I league's think, not smart. Let's be honest. GMs love to But I think it's, I think it's getting smarter. You know, I, I just think that that you can't, you know, like a lot of these GMs that don't make good decisions, I don't think it's because they're stupid. You know, how do they not look at Joe Johnson and go, well, we just can't do that. You know, it's just stupid to have Joe Johnson be the best player on your team. He because needs to be the second or third best player. GMs are like kings of prisoners of the moment. But, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with Colin. I think the league is shifting, especially in light of the fact that everybody's so aware of the CBA now. Right, right. It well, was I, ju- I, just on everybody's minds. In a way that they haven't been in a long yeah. time. Yeah. The only yes. way to really know will, will to be, or will be to see what happens this offseason. Because uh, it's going to be telling. There are a couple guys who could potentially get max deals, like O.J. Mayo and... Well, Eric, Eric Gordon. Gordon. Eric Gordon's the guy to look at. Yeah, I don't I am, think he'll I, get a max deal. I would bet you guys a lunch that he... If you're ever in New York City, mark my words. I'll make a <laughs> bet with you guys. He will, uh, he, he, he will get the max deal this summer. I would fly across the country for a lunch. Uh, yeah, we'll go to uh, Katz's Deli. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is a virtual shake on it. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, there are a bunch of other questions. They were all about the draft, so... For those who were asking about the draft, I don't really want to talk about it right now, quite frankly, because we are going to do a podcast on the, the draft as we get closer, and uh, we know where we're picking. So, uh, just in general, guys, we're going to do a quick two-minute drill where I want everyone to say either one good or one bad thing that they took from the season, a favorite, something they liked, something they didn't like. So, I'm going to start. And I'm going to say I uh, don't like the fact that the Cavs girls now have a Twitter account. <laughs> oh. I hate it. I know I said that to you guys earlier. I don't like it. All right, How Colin. else were you going to direct message them then? I don't, yeah, exactly. Colin, something you like or didn't like? Um, Alonzo G is is my my number, I guess, number two. Because Kyrie obviously has to be number one. But my number two good takeaway is Alonzo G, NBA player. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, Ryan, something you liked or didn't like? Something I didn't like was Omri Caspi's inability to lock down that small forward spot. I hated that too. 
Something I didn't like was the fact that I didn't go to that stupid Nets-Cavs game where I could have been sitting courtside for like 10 bucks. Stupid, stupid, stupid idiot me. Come on, Colin, give us something you didn't like. Um, you know what? Raymond Sessions is defense. He's gone. I don't have to pretend like I like Good him. riddance. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, something you liked. Austin Carr is the best uh, announcer in the league. I, I, I effing love that guy. And his enthusiasm is just contagious. I'm I can't watch a Cavs game without uh, getting super excited. And also, you know, thinking Manny Harris is developing into something special. Continuing with the, the negativity on my side, something I didn't like was the fact that the Cavs didn't have one national game, even though they had the number one pick in the draft. That's okay. We can develop in obscurity. Yeah, I, no one even knows we exist out there. And, uh, all right, Colin, give us one more thing to end on. Something you liked or didn't like? Austin Carr. I don't like that guy. You <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't, I don't like him. I don't like his catchphrases. Uh, I don't think he's insightful. Throws uh, the I, hammer down. <laughs> people are so going to get mad at me. And and I every time I complain about Austin Carr, like on Twitter, I get attacked by like four foot Cavs fans. Just get it, you know what? Just analyze the game. I don't, I don't want to hear you yap at everything. Like, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, guys, we managed to do two hours of a podcast. This has been a marathon session. I and you know what? That's great because some person sitting in their job tomorrow is going to be so happy that we did this for him because we just helped you through two hours of your eight-hour workday. So yeah, that, we're, we're, we're really waiting. sorry for not being Mark Marin. We're real amateur podcasters. Hold on, hold on. let me take a sip of my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> All right, guys, any parting words for our fans? All right, that was a moment of silence. You guys didn't have parting words. Thank you all for listening <laughs> to us. We will speak with you soon. Uh, and guys, keep on the lookout for our next podcast about the draft, which I'm sure you all want to hear. Grow Thanks those so eyebrows. Much, guys. Right. Grow, grow out those eyebrows, Cass <laughs> yeah, grow, grow them out for Anthony Davis. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers.